Go ahead and pick your speed up your number one now. Runway 27, clear to land green dot. Welcome to Oshkosh, guys. Hello, and welcome to the Green Dot, EAA's podcast for anyone and everyone who loves aviation. My name is Hal Bryan, and I'm one of the hosts of the show. I'm EAA's Managing Editor for Print and Digital Content and Publications. And uh, joining me today are a couple of good friends and colleagues to talk about AirVenture. We've got uh, Rick Larson, our Vice President of Communities and Member Programs. Welcome, Rick. Hey, how you doing, Hal? And then across the table, and I'm doing fine, Rick. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm not ignoring you yet. That that comes later in the show. Uh, across the table, it's Dennis Dunbar, who is our Airshow Operations Manager. Hey, Dennis. Hi, Hal. Cool. Good to have you back. Good to see you're doing well. Well, yes, we're all doing just fine here. Just fine. So, as we're recording this, we've got, uh, what, how many days to go? 50-some 50, 50 days to go? About 50 days. And you know the thing is, as uh, no pressure, no pressure at all. No. And yet, as I, you know, as I look around, um, and you know, all of us are are feeling that pressure that it's coming, and it's coming no matter what, ready or not. And yet, I, I keep reminding myself, you know, we've had two years to prepare, and that's unprecedented, and it's it's a terrible that we've had two years to prepare, but but here we are, and yet it's still there's so many moving parts. There's so much that goes into hosting our annual convention that uh, it it's it still feels like a tidal wave of work no matter how well prepared we are. But we wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. You know, but it's two years that we've had to prepare and it's been two years that we've had to forget all the <laughs> things that we do exactly. to make AirVenture possible. That's that is something that's always amazed me is how much uh, how much we rely on and are able to rely on sort of that institutional knowledge and uh, and that willingness to step up that whole sort of show must go on uh, mentality because there there is so much that you know if, if there were like a single book this is how you air venture and it had every single possible step I everything mean, would be a million pages long and when we rely so much on on uh, first and foremost 6000 volunteers yep. without whom we'd be completely hopeless and lost. Um, but just so much on people remembering, oh, hey, uh, you know, this this has got to be done. This is a thing that we need to do. And in some cases, after two years, there's some natural turnover and things. Sometimes we're finding, hey, that person uh, has moved on. So who's going to step up and do it? And it's usually the person who thought of it. Yep. And absolutely. that's okay. No, but I mean, that, I think that's absolutely the case. And I was out on the grounds um, most of Saturday, this past Saturday, and it was great to see volunteers back out there and and thank god you know for that and you know volunteers remembering what needs to be done and get done so that we can go pull the event off it was just uh it was fantastic to be out on site and see that it's great to just see it becoming real yeah and it's you know it, it this is more than just uh us celebrating sort of the return of our big annual event this is this is Hundreds of thousands of people marking another step back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. I'm lucky. It seems like we've got our whole air ops team coming back and our announcers and, um, you know, the great continuity there. So, you know, I've been told back to basics many times throughout this process. But, uh, yeah, we're putting uh, two years worth of air show into one week. So, <laughs> fortunately, we've got the whole team coming back and uh, – where it's going to be a great show. That's terrific. 
So, uh, Rick, why don't you step us through just a couple of the the major themes that we're planning uh, for this year? Sure. And you know, when you, you you started this by talking about we've got two year we had two years you know from a planning standpoint, and you know we carried a number of things over that we were planning on doing in in 2020 that um, you know we felt were important to do, um, and so some of those got pulled into 2021, and then we've added to that a bit, but. You know, the big things, you know, when you you look at it from a an overall theme standpoint, um, every year for the last, I think it's been four years, Dennis, we've, um, you know, celebrated one of the major commands of the United States Air Force. Um, this year, it's special ops. Um, and I know as we go through this today, Dennis will elaborate a lot on, on, on what we'll be doing there, but I think that's going to be really significant. Uh, you know, we, uh, we've talked off and on over the years about doing more from a humanitarian standpoint in terms of spotlighting the good things that occur in aviation and the good things that go on out there. Um, so we, uh, we are doing that in, uh, in 21. Um, one of the things that carried over um, from 2020 in a big way was um, World War II 75th in terms of the anniversary of the end of the war. Um, we clearly didn't want to lose that. We didn't want to see um, that opportunity go by. Um, you know, we're all, I think, painfully aware that, you know, our opportunity to include veterans that were there and were part of it, that every day that goes by, that opportunity gets smaller and smaller. And um, we just didn't want to, to miss that opportunity. So, um, we'll have a, uh, you know, a big focus on, on World War II 75th. Again, Dennis, I think, will go into the, the air show side. But um, clearly there is that, that push to where we can and where it makes sense to, to integrate veterans into what we're doing. Um, it's Paul's 100th birthday, um, and it gives us an opportunity, I think, this year uh, to talk a little bit about the legacy. And it, it'll simply be something that, you know, people will see throughout the week, um, you know, kind of woven into what, we, uh, what we're doing, but it's an opportunity to talk about Paul, it's an opportunity to talk about um, Audrey, um, and really to help pass that legacy on. We think it's, it's really important for our members, and, you know, you think about how many new members are generated every year in the organization that no longer have that opportunity. Uh, you know, to interface with Paul on a, on a direct basis. Um, yet a lot of what this organization is about and remains about, you know, started there. And so I think, you know, passing those things on are, is important. Uh, it's the 30th anniversary of Desert Storm, which is, you know, I think when we first started talking about it, you know, the first time that came up, I think we all sat around the table going, well, that can't be. And, that was like 10 years ago, right? Yeah. And, and uh, wow. you know, so, you know, there's an opportunity uh, there. So, I mean, those are some of the main things that, that we, you know, have going this year that, that folks will see, um, you know, integrated in a lot of what, uh, a lot of what we do. So, uh, Dennis, as Rick mentioned, uh, a couple of these themes in particular really heavily supported by the air show. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about what you've got uh, in mind, what you've got up your sleeve for uh, remembering the 75th plus one anniversary of the end of World War II? Yeah, so this is going to be a little different than normal uh, Warbird show for us. Um, you know, at the beginning of the week, uh, you know, Monday through Thursday is going to be 
kind of the traditional warbird shows that we're all used to here at Oshkosh. Um, however, on Friday and Saturday, we're working with Warbirds, America, Warbirds of America and some of the other air show performers out there to put on what you know I'd like to think is going to be the most comprehensive uh, chronological retelling of the air campaign in World War II that's been done in many, many, many years. Um, so we're looking at, uh, you know, we'll be starting a show with the story of the uh, AVGs and the uh, Eagle Squadron, and we'll be uh, rolling into Tora, 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 and we'll go through uh, some of the early, you know, conflicts in the Pacific. We'll be telling the story of the Doolittle Raid, and we're basically going to take that all the way through to uh, the uh, surrender on the deck of the Missouri in 1945. But how we're doing this chronologically is we're taking some of the best talent in the aviation industry, and they're going to tell their little parts of the story. For example, uh, when we talk about uh, Yamamoto, we're going to use uh, P-38s going to be flying, sorry, Steve Hinton's going to be flying Fagan's P-38 to, and, and doing an aerobatic demonstration as we tell the story of what it was, what happened and how you know they found Yamamoto and how that went down um we're going to have um just basic you know a, a, a that kind of concept throughout that whole performance it's going to take about an hour and hour and a half hour and 45 minutes to get us through the entire war but you're going to see some of the greatest warbird pilots flying some of the most phenomenal warbirds that you've ever seen all in one place so we're really excited about how we're going to do uh, the Warbird Show a little different on Friday and Saturday this year just to commemorate the 75th anniversary. Uh, that's terrific. Really, really excited by that. And, you know, I know we've we've talked a lot over the years about that chronological stepping through. And we've, you know, I think we've done that to varying degrees in the past. But to really have that clear, conscientious uh, you know, specific approach to it, I think it's going to be the, fantastic. The narration will be different. It'll be more of a storytelling kind of seamless uh, historical piece with, uh, again, taking us through the entire story and highlighting some of those things that maybe some of our audience knows, uh, you know, some of the enthusiasts and all that, but but probably not everybody in that crowd is has heard before. Right. There's There's no better way to tell those stories than with actual flying warbirds the the sounds the sights the smells yeah uh, all of it right there in your face much more of a production than we typically do so wow, that's that's great i uh, know rick you mentioned uh, humanitarian aircraft being uh, being a focus this year and we uh, we did just uh, we're lucky enough to speak with the uh, director of operations at orbis uh so obviously uh, on this show so obviously there they will be uh, featured here with their flying eye hospital can you tell us some of the other humanitarian efforts that we'll be showcasing. Sure. Yeah, in, yeah, in addition to, to Orvis being here actually all week long, um, which we're all looking forward to, um, we'll have a DC-8-72F uh, um, in here that's flown by Samaritan's Purse. Uh, that's going to be arriving on Saturday, I think, departing on Wednesday, Dennis. Um, yep. And they'll be setting up a, a mobile hospital unit right adjacent to the, uh, the DC-8. Uh, we've got a caravan coming in that's operated by Remote Area Medical um, that does um, remote dental-type work. Um, that will be here. We've got a C-17 that's bringing a, uh, 
a slide-in hospital unit, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dennis, it's one that was used, I think, for transporting COVID patients. Yeah, it's a COVID-specific uh, setup there. Yep. So. Wow. We've got uh, uh, UPS uh, bringing one of their brand-new 747 um, 8Fs in, and, um, you know, frankly, you know, we weren't thinking about it from a humanitarian standpoint originally, until we started to have conversations with UPS and, you know, they realized, and this was as of a couple of months ago, you know, they had transported 200 million doses of vaccine so far. Um, I think they had said 24 million pounds of PPE. Wow. Um, so they're, they're a big player, um, you know, on, on that side of the house. Um, we believe that when you put all this together out on the plaza, um, it certainly will be a way for us to showcase, um, you know, some of the good that goes on, you know, from an aviation standpoint, and these key roles that aviation plays. And if it wasn't for aviation, you know, think about how difficult it would be to go transport vaccines, you know, around the world, um, you know, and, you know, so this gives us that opportunity. And, and frankly, everybody that we've talked to, you know, from, you know, Orbis to Samaritan's Purse, um, UPS, I mean, they're all just jazzed to be here and, and be able to tell their story. That's terrific. And it's it's great to see, uh, you know, see the, the big heavy iron. I mean, as, you know, at least uh, at least two of us around this table are, are old airliner nerds. I don't remember the last time I saw a flying DC-8. It's been a right. while. They're, they're out there, but it's been quite a while. Not so many I'm really excited to see that. Uh, but it, it's mind-blowing. Uh, to see that I, I made some notes. It sounds to me like we're going to have three hospitals and a dentist's office uh, uh, on the plaza. Pretty much. Which <laughs> so, this would be a very, very, a very safe place. Uh, you know, it'd be sort of first aid tent uh, on steroids, uh, having all of these set up there. But it's um, that's important for people to see firsthand. I think so. Uh, and as uh, you know, f- for us, uh, in fact, all of us around the table, and Christina, our producer, all as GA pilots. Um, my hope is that, uh, that we see some, you know, some sort of carryover in the afterglow. Here's an MD 10 and here's a DC eight and a C 17. Here's the big heavy iron, but, but, uh, we'll see angel flights, uh, you know, one that's near and dear to, to me. And I, I don't mind speaking for Christina as well. Pilots and paws is another yep. charitable uh, organization. I guess it's animal Is that, a, yep. is that there what you call go. it? Not humanitarian, but. But uh, pets are our family too, and we've both done uh, both done rescue flights for them. Um, so I think it'll be nice to uh, to sort of shine that light across. And I'm hoping that uh, other GA pilots see the big stuff and maybe get inspired and and understand that you know what if you you know you're at home in your Cherokee or 172, you can participate as well. Yeah, and I I think based on what we do this year, um, you know, I really would like it on the list again for next year. Um, with a bit more of a focus on the GA side of it, because I think that's the opportunity, Hal, is, you know, how can we not only spotlight some of this, but also, you know, create a reason for people to want to participate, um, because everything you just mentioned is, 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 is obviously worthwhile. And there are a lot of organizations out there, a lot of ways that you can participate. And, you know, I think, you know, just getting people thinking about it is important. Absolutely. Uh, so, Dennis, Rick also mentioned uh, AFSOC, the Air Force uh, Special Operations Command. Um, 
I know, you know, 18 months ago, at one point, uh, they were going to come in and capture me. And <laughs> I, any how number of things we, was going to happen. How did we let that stop? I well, forgot I, about that. Listen, yeah, I'm going to be looking over my shoulder bring all that week. Back on. I'm looking over my shoulder all week because this is. Because this sense of complacency is exactly what you'd want me to have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking it's actually not going to happen. But oh, tell us about no. uh, about uh, you know maybe just a little bit about what AFSOC is and what does that mean? Uh, what does their participation look like? Well, so AFSOC is Air Force Special Operations Command, and as Rick mentioned earlier, we've been for the last four or five years uh, celebrating a particular MAGCOM or Major Command of the Air Force every year, and it's really gaining momentum and I and honestly even if we didn't have two years to plan for AFSOC um, they were all in for what would have been 2020 and it's really um, justifying why we're doing this uh, they're currently planning on bringing 14 aircraft oh to gosh. exhibit here at uh, and participate in AirVenture they're going to start on uh, Thursday right at the start of the air show you're not going to want to miss this um, they are doing something that's never been seen at an air show before, but basically, you know, AFSOC will go in as part of their routine mission and kind of secure an airfield for allied use. Um, and that's what they're doing here at Oshkosh. They're going to come in with uh, 14 aircraft. They're going to assault the airfield. They're going to take over. They're going to power right on into Boeing Plaza and have operators coming out and these cool little funny vehicles coming out of these airplanes and we're going to see this full-on assault by AFSOC where they simulate what it would be like to take over an enemy airfield and make it one for the good guys so that's uh, how we're starting that's how they arrive in style that is arriving in style so we're talking c-130s maybe ac-130s right now we've got uh, multiple ac-130s involved uh, couple MC-130s, an EC-130, 145, 146, U-28, MQ-9, and uh, several Ospreys, so the wow. CV-22s, as well as, I mean, they're bringing several operators um, and just, you know, AFSOC members uh, to support this whole operation. In fact, uh, here recently we determined it's probably best logistically um not all of the aircraft are actually going to operate out of here. We'll have plenty operating out of here, but some of the maybe I don't want to say redundant, but some of the uh, some of the other aircraft are going to operate even remote. So we never know when they're going to uh, show up here and <laughs> wow. surprise the crowd with some of their cool shenanigans. So the um, anyway, um, they uh, in addition to the airfield attacks, which we're also going to do a smaller version on Saturday evening before the uh, night show. Um, there, we're going to see CV-22s flying in pre-contact positions with MC-130s. Uh, we're going to see demos from the Ospreys. We're going to have uh, AC-130 demos. We're uh, also going to have an AC-47 participate with the AC-130s in um, what they're calling like a spooky heritage flight right oh, now. Oh, very cool. So um, they're still working on the final name for that. But um, it's uh, it's going to be pretty uh, pretty awesome to see this uh, heritage flight, not to steal from ACC there, um, the uh, the heritage flight of the the gunships going around. So, That's going to be really cool. That's something I don't think we've ever had here. Uh, no, we haven't. In fact, um, if it's 
yeah, they are uh, just they they haven't done it yet. So they're uh, they're going to be rehearsing this and all of that. And uh, I guess they've done it once way in the past. Um, I can't remember where, um, but they are uh, going to be debuting that here for us. You know, it's uh, it it never ceases to amaze me. I, mean, I, I don't know what number of convention this is for me. This is into the into the mid twenties or something, and number twelve or thirteen on staff, and. I, I still can't believe uh, that that we're in this position of, you know, the Air Force coming to us. And, like, I remember when the when we first had an Osprey here. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be here, and it's going to be one of the stars. It was so cool to see one in person and everything else. And now it's just this embarrassment of riches. It's, oh, they're bringing several. And they're bringing <laughs> yep. this and they're bringing that. And they're uh, – it, it's so – it's powerfully humbling to sit there and realize, you know, that they're as excited about this as we are and they, you know, how much they want to support the event and to use that as a platform to show people what they want to do. Well, I think, you know, all the way up to secretary of force public affairs office realized the importance of air venture and how we reach such a huge audience of aviation enthusiasts and, and uh, how their message can be sent all over the world by coming to AirVenture. Um, so they support, you know, they, they help, you know, with convince the Magcoms that this is a good idea. And then it doesn't really take long for them to say, wow, this is kind of cool. This is different. So <laughs> When it comes from the secretary level down at uh, well, even then, we, we, we always, we hate to, we always get their buy-in first. We never make this like a voluntold type uh-huh. thing. Um, so... They, um, in fact, there's AFSOC and another command were kind of fighting over who was going to be the one in 2020. They'll be the MagCom we celebrate in 22, the other one. Um, but the, um, but they uh, they buy in on it because of our membership and who they get to talk to and all of that. And um, they, they see that pretty quick. It was neat because AFSOC was the first MAGCOM that actually sent a delegation to AirVenture 2019, or an AirVenture prior to kind of feel us out Oh wow! before their year. So as we've matured, we've been working these further in advance um, so we can prepare better and and it's paid off with the support we're getting from AFSOC. And that's not just the flying airplanes. I mean, one of the things is the, their opportunities to engage with the public, both via the static displays, but also like theater in the woods and yep. some yep. of the other programming that Rick can talk about. Perfect. Well, that's a great, uh, a great segue. So, uh, so Rick, the, the fun of air venture, even on, uh, even on days without a night air show, doesn't, uh, doesn't stop at 5 p.m. Um, can you give us a little bit of a, a, a look at what we've got going on in the, the evening? Sure. You know, I, I think I, I want to go back on one thing, though, that Dennis, you know, was talking about. And, and that is, you know, when you look at the Air Force as one example um, where, you know, they look at this event in such a unique way. And it's all about the credibility of, of this organization and our membership. Um, um, that's why they're here that's why they they look at it the way they do and and that's that says a lot um you know in terms of of who we are and what this organization is all about um because you just wouldn't see this with any other organization other than EAA and and Air Venture so i mean i, I think that's just worth you know emphasizing and and it boils down to you know We've got 240,000 members out there that make 
what we do at EAA happen day in and day out, and that carries a lot of weight. And uh, you know, it just—I um, think it's just an important, important thing to be, you know, reiterate. Our members come here from all over, not just the country, but the world, and then they go back to where they came from and spread that message for us. So, right. So I will get back to your. I'll, I'll get back to your question, though, Hal. If you'd oh, like me hey, to, I'm no. sure. Okay. So <laughs> I think everybody's interested to hear what's going on in the evening as well. But your point was very well, uh, very well made, and and an important one to get across. So you know, from an evening standpoint, um, you know, I think anybody that has you know been around AirVenture for the last ten years, you know, has seen sort of an a bit of an evolution here of um, you know having uh, an event that goes from, you know, sunup till well past sundown. Uh, you know, an anchor part of that, which has been here for years and years, um, you know, and to me is just a, a key part of, you know, what we do is Theater in the Woods. So we've got a great lineup, um, you know, at Theater in the Woods again this year. And, you know, it ties back to many of the, uh, you know, the themes that, that we have in place. Uh, and and some things that are are individual for theater in the woods. We're going to take a focus, for example, on Monday night, on 40 years of the space shuttle, um, which I think will be uh, you know just a really cool evening with Joe Engel and Charlie Precourt and Paul Dye. Uh, you know, Tuesday we do the Founders Innovation Prize, um, and and this year. Um, that'll be kind of a, a summary type contest from the prior five years. Uh, Wednesday's Women Venture, we've got just a tremendous lineup. Um, you know, when you look at the military, civilian, um, and, 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 you know, women that have just made big marks, you know, from an aviation standpoint, um, yeah, I think uh, I think Wednesday will be uh, a fantastic evening at Theater in the Woods. You know, Thursday we're doing Desert Storm 30th, and and um, again it goes back to you know the EAA from a credibility standpoint, and and folks like Chris Henry, um, and what he's able to go do in terms of, of finding the folks um, and and getting getting them to commit to coming to AirVenture Air and participating, but. You know, you look at Desert Storm 30th, um, I think there's an opportunity for people to sit there and hear firsthand something that they can't hear anyplace else. I um, mean, you're going to have, you know, the lead pilots on the MH-53, the F-117, the Apache that were the not just participating that night. They were flying the first airplanes, you know, that crossed the borders. Wow. And, and you know, you're going to hear that firsthand. And then you're going to finish that evening up by um, a reunion, you know, of a rescue mission that occurred of, you know, for a downed F-14 crew um, that was covered by an A-10 or a couple A-10s, you know, and, a, uh, and, and the, the helicopter guys that went in and, and got at least one of them out. One wound up being a POW for a period of time. Um, this will be the first time those folks have been back together since this happened 30 years ago. Isn't that incredible? You know, and, and that'll be happening, you know, at, at Theater in the Woods. Um, you know, Friday we're going to do a World War II focus. We've got curators from every every one of the uh, the branches of the uh, museums that are, are out there. They're all bringing a World War II veteran um, to just 
help tell that story. Um, but to the degree that we can do it or it makes sense to get some firsthand accounts. Um, and then Saturday we'll turn it over to uh, the Air Force and Special Ops. Um, so Theater in the Woods just looks great. Uh, flying movie theater, um, you know, which has been a, uh, you know, just a huge hit over the last 10 plus years now, I think. Yeah, easily. Maybe, maybe even longer than that. Um, you know, we are going to, um, and I know, Hal, this is near and dear to your heart. Um, we, are, we are going to start uh, Flying Movie Theater on Saturday night. Um, this has been in the works not just for two years, but <laughs> for, I think, three years, because in 2019 we had a monsoon that, um, you know, resulted in, uh, uh, you know, us not being able to, uh, to pull off Saturday night, but we're going to have Top Gun on Saturday night, the original Top Gun. And, uh, you know, that's how we're going to go kick things off um, at Flying Movie Theater. So. As you said, uh, you know, you and I joke about that every year that it's, uh, you know, it, it's our traditional uh, Saturday night screening that we've never actually been able to do. So we've been weathered out or, or you know, any number of, uh, of other reasons. But uh, so far, so good. I think yeah. we're committed to kicking it off this year. And, uh, you know, looking forward to, to uh, again, my privilege and pleasure to serve as host at yep. uh, the Fly-In Theater. Um, <clears throat> I'm excited. We've got, uh, we've got a good mix of aviation classics, a couple of newer films. And we've got, uh, I believe it's a total of five documentaries uh, that were there, and a few of those at least. Um, in fact, almost all of them, as I'm thinking through this, uh, will, will be in effect their world premiere. Yes. Uh, and we've got a triple feature one night of documentaries, double feature another night. Uh, one of them is a preview screening that'll be a, a picture that they think will be done by then, but there may be a couple of edits still missing, and uh, and a couple of world premieres and a couple that have maybe been on the the convention circuit a little bit. Uh, so really looking forward to to screening all of those things and getting some time with uh, the filmmakers. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Dennis, you might want to, uh, you know, touch on Twilight Flight Fest as well. Uh, you know, that was something that, uh, you know, you look back three or four years ago, um, we did for the first time, um, you know, the intent with Twilight Flight Fest on the nights that we don't do a night air show is to go spotlight you know, some aspects of aviation that maybe are a little bit uh, more accessible for folks. And, um, you know, it's just been a huge hit. But we've got some new stuff going on this year and a yeah. big visitor, I think, we at do. some point. Yeah, I think uh, most of them are still fall in that low-cost category, except possibly uh, the Goodyear blimp. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are actually expecting uh, later in the week to have the Goodyear blimp participate in the Twilight Flight Fest. So, oh, but, but we generally, we're going to kick it off again with the Stole event um, that we've been doing successfully now for years and years. Um, we're also going to have, um, this year, we're going to have some hang gliders participating in the Twilight Flight Fest. That'll be new for us. Um, we've got a new paramotor team called Arrhythmia that's going to be participating in it, showing off that type of flying. We've got um, the 3DRC folks are going to be back as well. We'll have some jumping going into the Twilight Flight Fest. It's just, um, it's going to be pretty great. Uh, in addition, uh, you know, uh, on Mondays, we've typically had a balloon glow. Um, we've kind of expanded that and moved that this year so that Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, we're going to have a balloon glow 
down there near the ultralight strip. As the 3DRC flying is coming to a finish, they'll start up there kind of between the Papa 4 and Papa 5 taxiway there off of Papa um, to uh, do a balloon glow. So that'll be fun every night, just adding a little more ambiance overall to the event. Now, are we uh, looking to do a balloon launch uh, early in the morning on the weekend Still as well? on Saturday. Saturday morning? Great. Yep. That's, uh, that always gets me out of bed another hour earlier or so. <laughs> come, down and, come down and see that. Terrific. Uh, so, uh, so Rick, I you know not to uh, not to go sort of too much inside baseball, as our friend Dick Napinski would say, but um, obviously, you know, coming back after uh, uh, you know a, a terrible year worldwide for so many uh, so many different reasons, um, you know, we we're taking this informal kind of an informal theme this year is our back to basics approach right and i know uh you know as people are sort of beginning their 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 steps or taking big steps back towards uh, normalcy and things in the world um we're obviously trying to be very conservative in terms of uh attendance expectations and things like that um you know sort of uh steal ourselves for a modest year but uh, you know logistically from an infrastructure standpoint be prepared for a very strong year um is it uh, do you mind sharing uh how things are looking right now from terms of advanced purchase and tickets and just what we're hearing from people sure um you know and and, and you're right we went into this um wanting to be conservative um obviously you know not just for ea but for you know a variety, you know, almost everybody was obviously touched in one way or another, and a lot of businesses, you know, from a financial standpoint. So we went into this with a pretty conservative plan. Um, I think we, we had in the back of our heads that, you know, by the time we get to the end of July, if things played out the way we thought they might, that we could be hitting this at a really good time, you know, that uh, you know, if we were past that point of, you know, for the folks, for folks that want to get a vaccine, they can get a vaccine. Um, and the effects of that would start to happen, you know, July might look really, really strong. And, and that's really what we're seeing right now from a, uh, an advanced purchase standpoint. We've been doing advanced purchase ticketing now, I think for nine years, uh, pretty much you can lay you know one year on top of another in terms of how it books up what that curve looks like um and at this point um you know it just looks very strong and and you know it it ties to what we hear anecdotally which you know we're not hearing a lot in the i'll just wait till 22 what you're hearing the strongest voice you're hearing is can't wait to get back to air venture this year um which i think ties to you know just as as you said um you know people wanting to get back to normal uh you know folks that um want to go back and do the things that they missed and do the things that they love um and clearly air venture falls into that category for a whole lot of people and so you know we are uh we're you know certainly doing everything we can to plan for you know a strong crowd um and um you know at the same time still be pretty conservative with how we're doing it um you know as we uh as we move forward
Sure. Uh, we did a recent episode where we caught up with the heads of the divisions, and I believe it was Zach uh, over at Warbirds. Um, the phrase that he used that sort of kept coming up throughout the episode was pent-up demand. Absolutely. And I, I think we're feeling that in every every conceivable, every measurable direction. That uh, and, and, and it's not just, you know, I, I want to buy my tickets and get back and go see the, the cool air show or, or whatever else. Um, as important as that is, it's just, it's just, I, I just got to see everybody again. I want to be, I want to be outside and I want to be surrounded by airplanes and walk around in the sun and, and, and remember all these things that we've, uh, you know, for better or for worse, we've come to, I think, appreciate much more deeply over the past year than perhaps we have in a while. Yeah. You know, it was really clear this weekend out on the grounds and, you know, I tried to get around to the different groups of volunteers that were on site and, yeah, spent quite a bit of time with um, the folks down in Vintage, and and what you just what you just said was exactly what was going on there. Um, you know, they all said the same thing. You know, which was, you know, while it's been two years, you know, once they got back together for you know ten minutes, it was as if, you know, time had not passed, and they were back on to the next air venture, and and you know, having fun doing it and just appreciating the fact that, you know, they're back together again. And, and I think, you know, I think we all have that feeling that that is going to be the general feeling that will be going on during your venture. That's, that's great. And I know, you know, we are, uh, all of us have a million things on our plates, but as we said at the beginning, we wouldn't have it any other way. And we're so excited to see, see everybody back. And just be, and it's a it's a privilege for us to be another one of those milestone events on that march march back to normal. Um, we're getting a, a, getting a bit close to the end, but Rick, I, I also wanted to ask you. Um, we've got uh, just a, a short time left for people to participate in something new that we did this year in terms of ordering tickets. Can you talk about that for just a second? Sure. Yeah. Well, one of the things that um, we we've been looking at, obviously, you know, as we maneuver through, you know, how we're dealing with, you know, the effects of the pandemic and the protocols and all that was how do we um, uh, reduce uh, wait times and crowding at our gates. And so we, uh, we launched uh, a new product this year called Express Entry or Express Arrival sponsored by Airbus. Uh, and what it, uh, what it really is, is your ability to buy your tickets online and opt to have your wristbands sent, um, and your credentials basically sent to you in advance. So now you can, uh, you know, essentially, you know, have your parking pass. If you're driving in, have your parking pass scanned in the, uh, in the parking lot, um, have your wristbands on and walk through the main gate when you, when you get to AirVenture. Um, and we've got a similar program going on the, uh, on the camping side that'll allow campers arriving prior to the start of the event to uh, also get processed um, a bit faster without getting out of their, uh, out of their rigs um, or out of their cars. So, um, you know, we, uh, we originally um, had uh, set a June 15th um, deadline for um, getting your uh, uh, your purchase date so you could get your uh, wristbands in advance. We're going to extend that to June 30th. Uh, 
we would encourage you know everybody that is is thinking about it that you know you're, if you're committed to being here then go ahead and and keep, you know buy in advance and and get your wristbands um and it will clearly be the easiest way in and it's something that we want to continue to do not just this year i think this kind of forced us in that direction but um for the right reasons and and it's something we'll look at you know as a go forward as well terrific so if you're listening to this episode right when it uh, first airs on june 17th uh, 2021 you've got just less than two weeks so yep. uh, to get those uh, orders in and if you don't make that Obviously, we'll still have plenty of people at the gates, and you'll be able to come in just as, uh, as just as always. But it's been nice to see how many people have uh, appreciated the convenience of it, and uh, and just the ability to spread some people out a little bit, and just not have not have crowds bunched up at gates at the, uh, uh, busy times and all that. Um, so we're just about to, about to the end. But Dennis, I wanted to reach back to you really quick. Any other um, any other air show tidbits? We talked AFSOC and World War II and some Twilight Flight Fest stuff. Anything else on the air show radar that you want to tease us with, or anything you haven't uh, haven't announced that you can drop some hints about? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited about the diversity in this year's show. Um, we have a lot of new acts this year too that you're going to see more info coming out soon about um, the um, everything from uh, you know Melanie Astles, who's this high energy European aerobatic pilot, to you know Eric Edgren, who's um, you know flying a modified Taylor craft here in the show. Um, they all have wonderful stories. Um, you'll learn more about them as that comes out. There's a bunch of, of things we haven't seen before. I I've, I'm hearing a buzz about this two box thing. And I want to, I want to mention that real quick, just that folks know we're not doing the whole show that way. It's only a couple acts a day that we're going to be able to safely, put one in a north box one in a south box um but the because uh, I, I think that's kind of getting out a little bit i don't want folks coming here thinking there's two air shows going on at once and then be either disappointed or pleasantly surprised that that's not the case depending on how you look at it um we we originally did that in an effort to help spread the crowd out i think that's might work but it's also it allows us the opportunity just to put similar acts that don't take a lot of space up at the same time it helps uh, save us some time so we can bring some new acts in and it also helps uh, promote some of that distancing along on the line but we're not doing that all day we're not putting new acts in there we're not doing any of the team acts or any of the military stuff um, just because i see some conversation about that floating around the sure. interweb so Exactly. I like saying interweb to Hal. That's, that's, <laughs> and if it's on the interweb, you know it's true. So uh, it'll be safe what we're doing. All right. Well, I think that uh, brings us to the uh, the end of our slot, gentlemen. So thank you both for taking the time to uh, to join me. Um, I, I do want to encourage anybody who's listening to this uh, either the day it comes out or, or shortly thereafter um, if you've got uh, if you've got some maybe younger people in your your house or. Uh, uh, well, actually, there's two things. I, I two things we want to hit. Number one, the youth admission, Rick. Yep. So it's uh, 18 and under. 18 and under, free. Free, uh, thanks to our friends at the Boeing Company for supporting us with that issue. But also, uh, if you've got if you've got people uh, around that are that are looking for some summer work, we are still very very actively hiring. So again, if you're hearing this in that mid June 2021 timeframe, and you know somebody who's uh, looking to uh, to uh, 
get a little bit of extra work in this summer. I, I suppose just like <clears throat> just like so many other businesses, uh, we are we are actively and, and happily hiring. So you can always go to uh, I believe for AirVenture Jobs if you go to ea.org/airventure, there's a prominent link there. Um, so be sure to take a moment and check that out as well. So with that, thanks uh, again to uh, Dennis and Rick for taking the time to, uh, to come and chat today, get everybody excited about what we're looking forward to next month. And thanks, as always, to everybody out there for listening. Thank you for the uh, the feedback and the good comments you send. You can send those uh, to feedback at EAA.org. Uh, leave us reviews on iTunes or wherever you uh, consume your podcasts. And those good reviews and those good comments are the reasons we're able to do the show. With that, thank you again for listening. Please stay tuned. Hope to see many of you here in a month for AirVenture, and we'll catch up with you next time when you're cleared to land. Okay.